0: Welcome to the Santa Branch Church Weekly Podcast. We believe that faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Thanks so much for checking out the podcast. Here's this week's message Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You can have a seat. Well, just like Luke mentioned, you some of you are probably thinking that doesn't look like Luke, yes. Um I am so excited that God brought me back to West Virginia. Um, yes. It has been such a cool experience personally for me with the Lord and just hearing him and what he has to say to me. And um if if you don't know me, I would love to continue to get to know you and as I work with, with a team and, and discipleship, but I, I really believe that God wants to speak specifically to all of us this morning. Uh, I love it because Pastor Luke even mentioned this too, so I know that the Lord wants to remind us of this, but church can kind of become routine at times. And so we can, we can go into church and we can go into our same spot where we sit every single Sunday and it can become, oh, well, yeah, I have to go to church. What if it's, I want to go to church. What if it's a place where I come in and I say, you know what, Lord, you have a specific word for me this morning. So I want to challenge us all of us to really take our shift in focus and say, okay, I'm coming into this place today and I'm allowing the word of God to transform my life. Not just I'm back at church or it's a routine thing, but he specifically has a message for each and every one of us. I could go around and look at each and every one of you because he wants to speak specifically to you. And I love it because that's our love relationship with the Lord, His word is going to come alive in our hearts. So God, I just thank you for this word that's going to come about this morning. And I thank you for each person that you're going to speak in a mighty way. We just glorify you and we lift you up, Jesus. You are the king of our life. We worship you and we ask you to speak to us through your word. You know every detail of our life. You know every desire of our heart. So, Lord, speak to us. Just out of your mouth, just say, Lord, speak to me. Because it's one thing if I pray that the Lord speaks to you. But if you say out of your mouth that desire, Lord, speak to me, he will do it. Speak to us, Jesus. Amen. Oh, man. I love it that God does amazing things in our church. Isn't Center Branch a blessed church that we have such an awesome pastor, Luke and and Beth, to be able to, to cast vision for this church and this community? And I love what God is doing. And so within the last month or so, we just got done with a series called Milk and Honey, talking all about prosperity, and prosperity is more than just money. But we looked into the word of God and began to shift our mindset where there might have been a little bit confusion. There might have been that dissonance that he talked about when really in reality, the word of God is bringing the truth that we needed to see when it comes to prosperity. That God wants to bless us. That it's, it's about his character, right? Right? His, his, his love for us, uh, just who he is. He wants us to have good things, right? And it's been really cool because we've heard our staff and just a lot of people, we've heard some amazing testimonies of just how God has allowed um, so many people to understand fully what it means to live in prosperity in that, that milk and honey that we talked about. Okay, so like Pastor said, exciting news. Next week is Easter, Easter Sunday. And I want to keep telling everybody that because we need to be excited about what God's going to do in this place. I, I believe God's going to move today, but I really believe next Sunday, God is just going to pour his spirit out in this place. And so today is Palm Sunday, so... Turn to your neighbor and say, happy Palm Sunday. <laughs> yes. So I want to take us back to the very first Palm Sunday where Jesus came into Jerusalem on a donkey. And he was just surrounded. And, and when I read the story, I like to picture it in my mind. But he was just surrounded by crowds of people. And he, they, were, they were excited that he was coming through. And they were throwing down their cloaks at his feet. They were worshiping him with palm branches and, and saying, Hosanna, Hosanna. And they were glorifying his name. And I don't want to take away from the, that beautiful story where God did some mighty things in that but I really think that God and Jesus, he, Jesus was able to shine and to show his glory, not with just the big crowds of people, which is awesome, but I believe that his glory really began to shine when he did ministry one-on-one. And you look at the gospels and you see the powerful effect of one-on-one ministry. I mean, if you read the Bible, you can, we can start naming people like Mary Magdalene. What an amazing story, that one-on-one connection that he had with her where her life was completely changed. You think of Matthew where his life was changed, Peter, the encounters that he had one-on-one with Peter, the woman at the well, I, my, I can go on and on, Zacchaeus, all these people that he, he had that one-on-one ministry time or connection with that person. And I, I think that's so cool because I don't want to take away from what God is doing in big crowds of people. That's amazing. We have have great revivals where people are brought together and and so many amazing things are happening in that. And we see that through the gospels too with crowds of people. That was amazing. But there was something special about when Jesus had connection and ministry time one-on-one. He found the one person. The one person. And Okay, so one can be used in, in all kinds of different terms, okay? Just hang in there with me, all right? So you, you could say, you're my number one. Have you ever said that? That's whatever. Or, <laughs> or you know, if you're a parent, maybe you said, you know, I'm going to give you one more chance, young man. Or, you know, we could use it that I, f- I finally found the one or you know you can do a countdown with three, two, one. But let let me just let me just talk about numbers for a minute, and we're just going to take this whole thing and just try to look at it in a different perspective. Are you ready? Okay. So I want to I want to preface this with what I'm about to tell you with our world. We're going to start with our world, and. I don't want, I don't want this just to be something that we take lightly, but this has been a really hard year to this day is when everything started with COVID when our world completely changed. And I'm so thankful that I had a relationship with Jesus that I was able to cling to him in this hard time. If that's you say amen, because it was one of those years where it, it was, it was tough. And we had to to look to the source and say, okay, it's all about you, Jesus. No matter what's going on, no matter what sickness is, is coming into our world, you are the one that I cling to. But on the other hand, there are people that walk through this year who are completely broken. Because we live in a broken world. Apart from Christ, we're nothing. And there's people if we look at this world that we're going through this year and they were hurting, they were full of, of anxiety, full of fear. I was able to, in in my ministry time in Atlanta, able to to connect with certain people and college students. And I remember during the season, a lot of them would come to me and just say, Christina, I, this has been a year where I felt super alone. I've, I've felt like like there's nobody around and, 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 and I'm hurting. There's so many people who don't have a relationship with Jesus. Our world it, it is hurting. But I want to... I want to, to talk about numbers for a minute when it comes to what I'm about to illustrate, okay? So I want to make sure that I get this right. But the world, there are 7.75 billion people that make up our world. That is a big number. <laughs> and, it you know, I, I think about this and, and what I just talked about that there are a lot of people that make up our world that have a personal relationship with Jesus, right? But on the other hand, part of that big number that I just said, there are so many people who do not have a relationship with Jesus. Out of that big number, think about that for a minute. There's not only just people that don't know. Some of them literally have never heard the gospel before. Never. Some of them are, just have decided they're going to be atheists. They're not going to believe in anything. Some people just decided that, that they don't need a relationship with Jesus. And if you think about the different stories and the different people, it's hard to imagine that. But what if I didn't stop there? What if I narrowed it down just a little bit more? I narrowed our number down and scaled it down a little bit more. I'm going to go ahead and put this, this up here, and it's the United States. Boom. A little fuzzy, but that's all right. Um, the United States is made up of 332 million people. But I scaled, it, I scaled it down for you. It's a little bit of a smaller number. But in that number, there are people that are going to spend eternity in heaven. That's exciting, right? Yeah. But there's also the other hand in that number of people that they're on their way to spend eternity in hell. And that's, that, that should hurt us. I sometimes have to, to stop and think about that for a minute based on all those numbers, that that's our reality. But that's still, that's still a pretty big number, right? Okay, let me just scale it down one more time, and we're going to head and put this graphic up. And it is the state of West Virginia. Holler, that is, that is us. Yes, that is us. And West Virginia's population, are you ready for this? As of now is 1.82 million people. Now I I lived in Atlanta for a while and there's a lot more people in that state, but I I still think that that's a lot of people for West Virginia, we're a smaller state. But I can say the same exact thing as we keep narrowing down, that there's people that live in our state, including us, that have a relationship with Jesus. If you have a relationship with Jesus and you're in this room and you're from West Virginia, just say amen, because that is awesome. But there's also, on the other hand, just like you see a trend here, there are thousands of people that live in the state that we live in who do not have a relationship with Jesus. So what if I scaled that down a little bit more? Because that's still at times a bit overwhelming with that number. What if I scaled it down to our town? What if I scaled it down a little bit more to our families, our neighbors, but what if I scaled it down to It's not up there. The one. One person. One person. The one. I think I just I, I want to tell you this. I'm not I'm not preaching this message because it sounds cool. Or I like I have some fetish with the the number 1 or something like that. But I really feel and I hope that you feel this deep down inside and I prayed this for this message that American church has lost lost its gospel urgency. There are so many people who are in our church or American church who have forgotten about whatever-it-takes mentality. And, you know, I really believe because of this COVID year and everything that's happening, that the enemy has used that to say, you don't need to reach people for Jesus. You need to focus on all this this stuff that's going on. And it's basically like our church, American church, is not doing anything anymore to reach the lost. But what, what if, just say what if, what if center branch was different? What if you were different? What if we began to be a church that shifts our mindset? I think the Lord shifted our mindset in a lot of ways, right? From the prosperity to this, what if we began to shift our mindset and our spirits would come alive as a church, as a body? And gosh, for a Christian, it is my duty and my privilege to reach people for Jesus. But what if we, what if we changed our focus as a church? You know what it's called? It's called the Great Commission, <laughs> and we, we try and make it something that it's like really hard, or we, you're asking me to to reach somebody for Jesus. It's the Great Commission. It's one of our our solid foundations that that the Lord wanted us to believe and to live out as a Christian, as a as a, having a relationship with Jesus. He commands me to to live out the Great Commission. So will you turn with me to Matthew twenty eight sixteen through twenty? And this is going to be a solid verse for us. And for some of you that have been a Christian for a long time and you're, you know, you know your Bible, you have read this multiple times, but I want to challenge us to read it a little bit differently. I want us to slow it down. Because even for me, sometimes when I'm reading the scripture and I've read something over and over again, it's easy for me just to skim, skim, skim. I already know. But what if we as a church shifted our mindset again and we looked at this in different lenses and said, okay, God, in this time, in this place, Jesus, when I'm talking about the one, I, I want to slow down and look at the scripture and really uh, allow Jesus to speak to me. So Matthew 28:16 through 20, it'll also be on the screen. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had, had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, all right, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. If that, isn't, if that doesn't get you excited, come on, guys. That is, that is what he's commanded us to do. And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So maybe you're thinking, okay, I've read this verse. Okay, the Great Commission. She's talking to me about some Great Commission thing. Awesome. But Christina, why should I care about the one? Why? Because Jesus did. And not just because Jesus did, but I have a relationship with him. And when I, loved, when I love him and I, I have a relationship with him, I want to obey him. And so one of the, the major things that he tells us to do is, is to live a life of the Great Commission, which is to go and make disciples and to reach the one. Okay, so now you say, okay, I kind of get it now. You know, why should I? But who, who is the one? Okay, who, you keep talking about the one. Who is the one? Well, I, we're going to turn, and this is going to be our main scripture to help us understand who the one is. And it's in Luke chapter 15. So if you want to turn there, and so Jesus, give, he gives us these three stories to emphasize something that is lost, okay? And, and I want this to be a, a chapter that we get deep down our, in our spirit as a church. Because our staff has been praying for this, that this wouldn't just be a message. This wouldn't just be just something that we talk about in between a series and, and Easter, We've been praying for us to have a passion and a loss and a passion and a desire for the lost that carries all the days of our life. So let's look at Luke chapter 15, and I'm just gonna look at this one story. He tells us three, but we're gonna look at Luke chapter 15, 4 through 7. It's gonna be on the screen as well. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it and when he finds it he joyfully puts on puts it on his shoulders and goes home then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says rejoice with me i have found my sheep I tell you that in the same way there will be rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. So Jesus gives us this beautiful story to help us understand the heart of this. And it's with a shepherd and his sheep. And, and we see that there are two numbers here in this scripture. And what is emphasized here is that the the shepherd loses one of his sheep, and that's a big deal. And then we've got the the, the 99. So do you do you know who the one is? The one is somebody who is lost. Somebody, an individual who does not have a relationship with Jesus. The one is somebody that who maybe at one point had a relationship with Jesus, but decided to kind of wander off just like the sheep. And they're just kind of wandering around aimlessly, not really having hope. The one is coming alongside of somebody and discipling them and giving them direction if you, if you look at Jesus in the Bible, there's a reason why he pinpointed certain people that he wanted to do life with, and they're called the disciples because he was discipling them. He, w- he wasn't just like, nah, figure it out. He 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 walked alongside of them and said, okay, come with me. I'm going to show you how to live a life that's full of Jesus. I'm going to show you how to live a life that away from sin and to make better choices and, and to do, to do all that you can to serve, serve me with all of your heart. So that's who the lost is. The one, the one is all of those. And let's look at the ninety-nine. The, sometimes we we kind of just focus on the ninety, or we focus on the one, but we forget about the ninety-nine. The ninety-nine is us, okay? So whether you've been a Christian for fifty years or a couple weeks, that is who the ninety-nine is. And I'm not saying that we just forget about the ninety-nine, because if you think about it, the 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 shepherd probably really cared for all of his sheep. That's what he did full-time. He cared so much for them. So, so he cares about us. He cares about the 99. He loves us. He doesn't want us to, to feel like we're forgotten. But I think the 99, which is us, we can get way too comfortable. We can be a church that we're so so focused on me, like feed me. I want to come in. I want to come into this place, and and I want the worship to be perfect, and that's my favorite song. And yeah, I might serve a little bit here and there, and it just becomes so self-centered. We got to be careful of that ninety-nine. But really. There's power in this because the shepherd knew when he lost that one sheep, it needed to be found. So, 99, I I really believe it's time for us to go and find the one. Think about this for a minute, and I want you to feel these stories with me, okay? The one... is somebody who you run into at the park. It's just always you're there at the same time. You show up at the park, and there that, that one person is, that woman who, who you see her bring her kids to the park, and you do too, and you're always there at the same time. And she feels like that's the only time that she can have peace is in the open air with her kids at the park because when she goes home there's no peace she's constantly in fights with her husband it's getting to the point where it's causing her to doubt what why am i even in this relationship in this marriage but you're always there at the same time or maybe the one is somebody that you run into at the gym all the time. And they've they've got it figured out on the outside. They feel like they've always got it together. But you're always there at the same time, and you see them come and go. But, But deep down inside, that one person that you always run into at the gym, they've lost their job. And if they the only place they feel like they can do an outward place of i've got it together is at the gym but you didn't know that they just lost their job and they feel like a failure maybe the one is somebody that that is your brother or sister and you love them deeply because they're family That's your brother. That's your sister. You love them. That's, that's family. But they don't have a relationship with Jesus, and you know that. And, and they're, they're, they're just going through with life. Everything's fine, but they don't have a relationship with Jesus. And you know that your niece and nephew probably will never be raised up in a home where Jesus is the center. Maybe that's your one. Maybe the one is somebody who you go to school with or you go to work with. And they have a smile, but deep down inside they're dealing with depression and anxiety. The one. Okay. So now I know who the one is. And maybe I didn't give a story that that you can relate with, but the one is somebody who needs Jesus. Somebody who's lost and needs found. But just like I narrowed in those numbers, sometimes it's easier for us to just go after that small number, one person, and bring them to Jesus. And... You know what is awesome about this? Is that eventually our church is going to go through the Great Commission cycle. Because if I have a passion to reach the one, I'm going to go after my one. And then somebody else like you, you're going to go after your one. And and, and you're going to bring them to Jesus. You're going to bring them to church. And then that person is going to reach another person, their one. And then that person is going to reach their one. And do you know what happens? The body of Christ grows. There's double impact. But maybe it's just because we, we make it too hard. Okay, so now we know who the one is. So maybe now you're saying, okay, now what, Christina? All right, now, now. What? So, I'm gonna give you a strategy. I'm gonna give you a plan, okay? If you're writing notes, I would love you to write notes in your phone, or if you're old school and write notes, I think that's really cool. I love writing notes. Um, But I'm gonna give us a plan that comes from the scripture that's gonna help us to reach our one. Now, I want you to turn to your neighbor because you've gotta be excited about this, okay? I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, Are you ready to reach your one? Okay, that was kind of lame. Uh, are you ready to reach your one? You need to be excited about it. Say, are you ready to reach your one? Yes. This, this isn't just about, this is our heart. This is what God has called us to do. So here's your strategy plan. But before I get into the strategy, there's a couple warnings that I have, okay? Um, so John 10, 10, and we'll put it on the screen. The first warning is that the enemy also has a plan. And his plan is R-rated, if you ask me. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I come that they may have life. So a warning is we have to have a plan because the enemy has a plan. And he's going to do everything that he can to get your one to submit to those things. So that's why we got, we got to have this, this urgency and strategy plan ready to, to, to see people come to, need, to know Jesus. And the second warning is for all the doubters out there. okay? And in the, the, the great commission that we talked about in Matthew 28, he mentions that some of them doubted. All right, sometimes when I preach, I just get a little raw. But I'm sorry, but if, if you're a person that makes excuses because you're not a people person, give me a break. <sighs> I'm sorry, but sometimes we have to get past our selfishness and, and be like, okay, God, you need to help me to get past myself in order to reach somebody for Jesus. What if, Clacy's video, what if he decided, oh, I don't really want to do that? He, his whole family line wouldn't have been saved. And, and I want to I say this for all the doubters, too. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But I do want to say this. If, if you deal when it comes to evangelism with fear, or maybe like, I don't know what to say, I don't know what to do, that's common. But God is with you. And he says to the end of the age. So for me, sometimes I have to say, okay, I got to get past my selfishness, Christina. I got to get past my comfort zone. And I don't even know what to say sometimes, but God, you're with me. And that's back to the relationship thing where I have a relationship with Jesus and I trust him. Okay, we got past the warnings. You guys ready for this? Okay. Strategy number one, when you're reaching your one. Okay, you ready for this? Know your one. Know your one. I, uh, I love this because if we think about the story, we're always going to go back to the, the shepherd and his sheep. And if you think about that story, it's interesting to think that he realized out of a 100 sheep that one was missing. That's staggering to me, because a lot of sheep look alike to me. <laughs> I'm serious. If you think about that, but the shepherd had to get to know his sheep. So at one point he was probably like, oh, snap, George is missing. And he, he did, he had to be, he had to know their names. He probably named them. He probably got to know them that they're not just a solid color. Maybe some had spots and some didn't. Maybe some made a lot of noise and some were super quiet. He noticed that. Or maybe, you know, he, some ate grass and some didn't. I don't know. They probably wouldn't survive. But he, he noticed those details. And I want to start with get to know your one. Strategy number one. Get to know your one. And that means know their name. Know their name. And when you give... Somebody, a name, it creates purpose to them. So it would be different if I said, oh, yeah, I'm going to go after so-and-so. But if I said, no, I'm my one. I'm going after Jan. It puts a different effect on my passion to go reach Jan because I gave her a name. She has a purpose. She has a story. She has a plan. Part of Pastor Luke and Beth's vision for our church is that we would grow to 1,000 strong. Are you ready for that? Because if we live this out, we're going to get there in no time. But every single one of those numbers in that 1,000 strong has a name. They're not just random people. They each have a name. So, one of my names, one of my ones, was Kennedy. One of my ones' name was Noah. One of my ones' name was Hannah. And Hannah again. And Neva and Tori and Caleb, and Robert, and I could go on and on and on, and I don't want to bring glory to myself at all, but I specifically put them here because it's a reminder to me that God challenged me in my time, in my season, in my relationship with the Lord to go after the one, So I, before I, my my very first ministry job years ago was to be the youth pastor here. And um, I I love youth ministry. I wasn't, I didn't really know what I was doing back in the day, but I knew it was about people. I I knew that. And I knew that I was either going to make this a job or I was going to make this a passion of mine to obey the Lord and to see their lives changed. And so I, I knew that I needed to get to know them. I needed to get to know more than just their name. I would ask them details about their life. You know, I knew some of them were going through some hard times. So I asked them, I asked them certain questions to begin to, to, to challenge them and, and say, okay, so where are we going to go with this? Some of them had a relationship with Jesus, but I, I just came alongside of them. And I discipled them, and I said, God's got a call on your life. And you know what's really cool? is each and every one of them sitting right here have a relationship with Jesus to this day. And not only that, they're reaching their one now. Can we just give them, give them a round of applause? Because... Because I'm not saying that you have to be a youth pastor or in ministry to do this. I call you to ministry no matter what you are. This is your calling to go after your one and get to know them. That's your first strategy. Strategy number two, own your one. Own your one. And owning something is, is very different. So if I were to ride in a car Cool, that's awesome. I love cars, whatever. But if I were to own a car, it would look a little bit different. I would take care of it. I would clean it, and I would try and not wreck the car, right? So what if we decided as a body of Christ to find our one, get to know our one, and then to own our one? Now, owning our one is knowing I'm going to reach that person for the kingdom. I got to own that in my spirit. So I want us to turn, and this is something that I shared with the staff this week that as I was spending time with the Lord, this verse really just challenged me. We're going to turn to 1 Peter 4 7 through 8. And I love this because this is going to help us own our one. And I'm going to read it in two different versions. The first one, the end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Now, I want to read this in the message version too. It says, everything in the world is about to be wrapped up. So take nothing for granted. And for me, that's my one. Stay wide awake in prayer. Most of all, love each other as your life depends on it. So I love this verse because we can take the owning our one into two different places going in this scripture here. We know that for me, owning my one is living out this scripture and knowing that I need to pray for my one. We as a body of Christ should should hold prayer to a high standard. Because it's our time with the Lord where we can communicate back and forth to him. And to have a relationship with him. But it, it's more than that. It's, it's taking people's lives that we know, the one, the focus that we're going in, and we're interceding for them. One of the, the, the scriptures says, says, stay wide awake in prayer. When was the last time that you had a burden for somebody that you stayed awake at night and prayed for them? Gosh, I want that. I really do. And sometimes I have to ask the Lord, Lord, give me a burden for people. And for us, why don't we just ask, God, give me a burden for the one. That one person I'm going to go after. I'm going to get to know them and and then I'm going to pray for them. And the second part of this verse is what really just, mm, I'm excited. Okay. So, it says on the, the next part of that, above all, love each other deeply. Love each other deeply. And I love this because deeply means with full intensity. So Peter is urging the Christians in this passage, passage to love intense, with intensity, earnestly. And I, I, that verse gets me because there's a reason why it didn't end with just love. Because we, we know we're supposed to love other people. If you don't, you're supposed to, okay? Love other people. We know that. But this scripture adds, above all else, love each other deeply, with arms stretched wide, with everything within me. And when I surrender myself to Jesus and love him with all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength, he gives me a deep love for people. And that works hand in hand with the two things that I just mentioned. Maybe it's taking time to own your one by praying for deeper love for that one. I just did that the other day. I found that scripture, and it really spoke to me, and I shared it with the staff. And during staff time, we take time to pray for all of your prayer requests. And I I prayed that before I came into that time, and I found myself, as I prayed for each person, God giving me specific details about their life. And I would write it down. And there's something powerful when we speak to the Lord and pray. He answers our prayers. So what if you started to say that, that prayer of that you want to love people deeply? He's going to answer it. And that's owning your one. Saying, I'm going to love people to the kingdom. I got to own my one got to pray for them. I got to love them, not only just love them but love them deeply. And your third strategy plan is go after your one. Go after your one. Um this one, I, I wanted to talk about so many things, but I think about the shepherd back to the story, and there was a point where he just had to say, okay, I realized that the sheep is missing, now it's go time. So I I just started CrossFit, I know I don't look it like I do, but um, I... It, it's really intense, and there's a part of this, the, the workout, where it gives us a countdown, and we're supposed to to do these certain workouts and, and to get it done and do it with excellence, and so, but they give you a countdown, and it, it's like three, two, one, and it's like I can, every time I do it, I just feel like when I hear that one, that I've got to give it all that I got, and so when it comes to the third strategy, go after our one. It's time to give it all we've got, guys. But that is is being able to ask the Lord for wisdom because I can't do it apart from him. You want to know a cool scripture, James 1.5, it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. I need wisdom to reach my one and go after my one. But not just any wisdom, supernatural wisdom, especially in this day and age, guys. There's there's going to be certain strategy and plans that we need to reach the one. And God's going to give it to us. But we have to ask for wisdom. He's going to give it to us generously, just like the illustration Pastor Luke and Josiah did. Sometimes it's because we're putting our hands behind our backs. But if we say, I need wisdom, he's going to give it to us. He's going to give you strategy plans to go after your one. Maybe it's just simply him saying, take that person out to coffee. Or giving you another strategy plan of, hey, just so you know, they're dealing with something. This, the Holy Spirit speaking to you, giving you direction Hey, they're dealing with something. You should go over there and pray with them. I'm going to give you the words to say. I'm going to give you wisdom. I think it's it's pretty cool too. So my mom is really cool. I love her. She uh she yeah, she's great. Let's yeah, she's great. So but she She's so cool. She's trying to reach her one. She did something awesome. She, you know how those little Easter peeps? She put them on our neighbor's door and said, "Tell your peeps Jesus is alive." But I think that's cool because God used her creativity and just certain things so that now she's praying deep down inside, out of all those neighbors, who is my one? Ask him for wisdom and then go after him. Go after her and find your one. There's your strategy plan. But all of this will not make sense. All of this will not be able to happen without putting Jesus first. If we're going to double our church and impact West Virginia for the kingdom, if we're not putting Jesus first, then the strategy is not going to work. So I'm actually, uh, we're going to, we're just going to close this time. And I'm actually going to ask Frank Dazelski to come up. And he's going to illustrate something for me. Hopefully he's coming. Here he is. I want everybody just to close your eyes with me for a minute. And Frank is going to blow the trumpet. Everybody with your eyes closed, I want that sound to resonate in your heart. With your eyes closed, I want to read this scripture in 1 Thessalonians 4:15 through 16. Remember that trumpet sound. It says, "We tell you this directly from the Lord," we who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. First, the believers who have died will rise from their graves. Verse 17, it says, then together with them, we who are still alive And remain on the earth, will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, then we will be with the Lord forever. So, encourage each other with these words. Frank, one more time, just blow that trumpet. That trumpet is certain. And when it sounds, that's it. That's it. No more second chances. And for me, I'm excited because when that trumpet sounds, I'm going to go be with the Lord. But what if you never reached your one, and when that trumpet sounds, they are left behind? I hope that that sound of that trumpet resonates in your heart deep down inside. And I hope it gives us all a wake-up call that it's game time, people. that we're not just a church that sounds cool because we want to reach the one and it becomes part of our mission and vision. No, it's deeper than that. I don't want to see people left behind. I don't want to see that person that I'm focused on, that I'm trying to reach for Jesus, that, that, that I've just pushed it aside and, and we don't know the, the day or the time when Jesus is coming back, but I'd rather give it all I got to reach my one instead of, "It's too late.". I want everybody just to stand to your feet and stay in a reverence in, in reverence of the, what the Lord is about to do. Today, I want to end with a challenge. And I want to leave you with a little tool. And our ushers are going to begin to hand out a little card. I'll show you. And each of you are going to get one of these cards. And it says the one on it. And then on the back it says, every number is a name, 1,000 strong. It's time for you to put a name on this. It's time for you to reach your one. I've given you scriptures, I've let the Lord move, I've given you a strategy plan based on the word of God. Now I can't force you to do it. Now it's time as, for us as a body of Christ to become an army ready to go out and reach the lost for Jesus. And it's gonna take one person at a time. I'm gonna give you a little uh, hint on how you can make this happen even more. A great opportunity to reach your one is Easter this coming Sunday. There's your plan right there, your first plan. As we begin to pray and say, Lord, give me a specific person. And maybe some of you already have it. You know you've been running into that person and you know that's your one, but maybe we need to ask the Lord to give us a deep love for people and to find our one. So maybe right now you can't put a name down because you need to take some time to pray about it. Great. But will you do it? Or will this just become another thing that's laid on the the kitchen table and you don't really think about it anymore? Every number is a name. Or maybe some of you can write that down right now. So what we're going to do is we're going to take some time to worship. But more than just worshiping, I want you to take some time and pray for our lost generation. I want you to take some time to ask the Lord to give you a deep love for people. I want you to ask the Lord to give you wisdom to know how to go after your one. Or maybe it's taking some time and that name will just pop in your head and you can write it down. So Pastor Jonathan's going to come and I'm going to give you some time to do that and then we'll go from there. Well, that's this week's message. Thanks for joining us. To stay connected with us throughout the week, make sure you follow us on Instagram and Facebook. You can also watch previous week's services on our YouTube page.